cliffcentral.com Progressive, cultured and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with CMB. Live on Cliff Central. Yo, 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 uh, it's Siabo Angabihile back at it again on the Threaded Exchange. Um, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for walking this journey with me thus far. Uh, my guest has a phone and it's making a noise. Inga, talk to me phone. Uh, I'm sorry about that, man. And can introduce you already. Please introduce and talk to me phone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so thank you. And um, please do tweet us during the show. It's hashtag um, the Thread Exchange. Um, tweet me at Siabonga Beile. Um, tweet me at the Thread Man, cliffcentral.com. Um, today's show is going to be very, very interesting. Um, today we're going to be talking about, about the challenges of being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, most of the time we always get taught about a lot, a lot of these business talks and a lot of people focus so much on getting the idea, getting the money, but no one actually dives into what happens when you have the money and you have the business. What are the challenges then? How do you keep a business? I think, you know, as young black entrepreneurs, our focus is always about getting the money, but no one tells us how to keep the money. No one tells us about how to run a company. No one tells us about the infrastructures that you need in place to run a company. So today we're going to just dive deep into that. Um, and today we've got Uinga, um, Uingo runs a company called Indalo Deco. Um, Indalo, De- Indalo by Inga is the way that you should say it and that's how he goes <laughs> on the streets. Um, and Inga has built such an incredible business. There's nothing that this man cannot design and create. Um, he's built a company that not only does wooden bags, but he's worked with brands like Woolworths. He's worked with brands such as Glenvirich. He's got a, 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 a bottle named after him, actually, um, of Glenvirich, which is very, very rare. I'm still yet to have a drink of that. But Inga is he's everything man in terms of lifestyle he he's a creative and he knows how to fill a space he knows how to paint a space with his ideas and that's what he specializes in and gestosa sitike ngumuntu osebenza ngezandla izandla zakhe zincwele wenza kahle ngezandla and of course he's tosa and today we're going to speak a lot of tosa on the show um it's going to be it's going to get quite controversial it's going to get heated because we have some fire bars that we have to cover inga welcome tabulela ngosiya tosi how you doing today? How are you feeling? What's the vibe? What's, what's your energy like? Because I feel the energy drives the show. So what is your energy like today? How are you feeling? Are you angry? Are you happy? Are you sad? How's your energy? I'm very good, actually. I'm very good. You know, I'm happier that I'm here. Uh, the, the energy in this in the space is really great. You know, like the people, you know. Uh, who work uh, here at Cliff Central, they're amazing, including your, including yourself, you know, like yeah. for a second. I was like, you know, fuck it, let me just get up out of yeah. my space. Oh, a disclaimer that we have to put out on the show, by the way, is that Inga and I haven't eaten. We are about to faint. So we've got someone to go get us some chicken licking so that we can eat. So please, um, we will talk during the show. We will talk a lot of, there'll be a lot of talking. But if you hear a bit of, just know that we're busy eating. But um, forgive us. Trust me, you don't want to stop a closer man. Too closer man. Uh, yeah, no. uh, faint on air. It's not, it's not a good look. So... Inga, yes, sir. Inga by Indalo. How did that come about? Tell me about your story. You know, you are you are with me in the Forbes Thirty Under Thirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You are recognized internationally for the incredible work that you do with your hands and do with your company. You've built an incredible brand that does a lot of things. But I want in the show for for you to unpack a bit about that. You know, how did you get into this? How did you end up being in the space? Where does Inga? Who is Inga? Well, uh, 
Inga is a is a guy from a place called Ngaleni in the Eastern Cape. That's like rural, rural, rural. Uh, I even died. Ngale, guys, Ngaleno is cold. Ngaleni comes from the cold. That's what he's saying. Well, pretty much, you know. He doesn't have a heart. He's he's got an icebox. <laughs> I don't even think you can even Google Map Ngaleni. Actually, that's you know, it's just one of those small towns, you know. Uh, however, it's close to a place called Umtata. I'm sure everybody knows Umtata. I mean, Tatu uh, Mandela comes from there as well. So that's where I'm from. Uh, I grew up there and I later on moved to Durban uh, later during uh, my uh, high school days. So you speak Zulu? Yeah, yeah, fluently, eh? Surprisingly. Yeah. 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 So I, spoke, I speak Zulu fluently. So I, live, I moved there with my, uh, grandma, with my grandfather, sorry. And in Malina, I lived with my grandmother. So your parents were never around when you were growing up? No, no, not at all. Uh, my mom was busy studying at the time. You know, she was uh, away, you know, at least for the uh, majority of the time I was there. Uh, and then from there, I had to move when she got back to the Eastern Cape, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Did was, that affect you negatively, you know, having been raised by your grandparents or was it good for you? You know, as a kid, were you like, where's mom or didn't you miss your mother? You know, how was that like for you as a kid? I think it was and, pretty and awesome. moving to Durban. I think it was pretty awesome. I mean, my, my grandmother is like my mother. She's just, yeah. she's just a G, you know. Yeah. Uh, my grandmother and I, you know, like, uh, we Your get best friends. Very well. yeah, like, we talk like that, you know, like, I think she understands me. I understand it. Like, we, she's like my mother. Uh, I never feel, I never felt like, uh, I don't have a mother or, oh, sorry, my mother is, is, is not around or anything like that, you know. Up until when I moved, uh, to Durban, you know, uh, and strange enough, I also never felt like, uh, I, I don't know my father, which I don't know, you know. Yeah, uh, because my grandfather has always been there as well. So like you've never thought about it really or cared? Not really. Hey, like, cause my grandfather has always been like a father figure to me. You know, yeah. what I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have asked for a better father than my grandfather. Yeah, you know, like to that extent, or a better mother than my grandmother. You know, yeah. what I mean? like she. And you've never experienced your father, so there's nothing to miss. He's just no, he was never there, so it makes perfect sense. I was miss, I was talking know? to Tsepo, the gene maker, in one of the episodes, and we were talking about the fact that you know we knew our fathers and they just disappeared. So it was hard for us because we had really known them. Mm. So whoever tried to be to play that father figure role, it was always tough for us because we knew who our father was and how they were with us. Mm. Whereas for you, it's 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 not that it's a nicer experience, but it's different because you never knew your father. So your first. Um, you know, your first, you know, experience of a father was your grandfather. So that's mm. the only father you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So it, it was, it was great. You know, like, uh, he has taught me everything I know. You know, I, I think, uh, he contributed, you know, uh, in, uh, most like, uh, in who I am today. You know, yeah. like, uh, my grandfather, he was an amazing man. You know, it's a pity he passed on now, but I, I still live based on his, uh, teachings and so forth. I think it was great, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's my background basically uh, Studied in Durban uh, DUT after I finished my metric I did arts and design there uh, Finished And then I went over to Cape Town I wanted to do industrial design They told me I wasn't good enough My drawing wasn't good enough um, And then I did graphic design But I hated graphic design I dropped out And then I came to Joburg Then I studied uh, interior design at Dumbling and then I uh, worked here for a while, then went back to Cape Town. Then I started in Dal. Oh, wow. Uh, and, which is uh, I mean, looking at you, knowing you personally, you, you seem like the kind of guy who was outgoing during high school. Were you, what were you like? Were you a lonely? You, you look like you were mis- mischievous. You loved you don't mischief. Don't want to know. Hey, um, like, talk us through that. What was it like, you being I in was, high school? 
Whoa, man, I was crazy. Like I was just that I was I was super cool though. Like I was probably like one of the coolest kids in high school. Yeah. So basically, uh, I used to. I used to even uh, deal with the small things like sell cigarettes, actually. Really? Yeah. You know, th- th- that's why I got expelled, you know, like for, for such things, you know. How old are you when you were selling cigarettes? Like I was uh, 15, 14, wow. 15. I was selling cigarettes in high school. Like, hey, do you want some cigarettes? And even in bad influence and other kids like, hey, this, this shit is cool for you, man. Like, why don't you try this shit, man? Like, it's, it's, it'll work for you. No, yeah. no, no, what is my mother going to say? Whatever, whatever. No, just try and forget about your mother. And then I would even offer them like something like a bubble gum. They have a bubble gum to kill the, 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 the smoke, you know? Yeah. So uh, it was, I was crazy. I was super crazy, yet very cool in high school. So like I was a, a skinny guy, very like scrawny guy, like, you know, amongst, you know, like bigger guys and whatever, you know, played rugby and whatever, but I was just cool. I remember like over the holidays, you know, like I would host parties at my house when the, when my grandmother, well, sorry, when my grandfather is gone back to the Eastern Cape and all that kind of stuff. So I was just crazy, you know? Yeah. I was a, I was, I was a crazy guy. Uh, I never thought actually back when I was in high school that I will, I would uh, make it, I'll, 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 I'll be, I'll make a success, you know, out of myself, you know, like. I was always discouraged, like, you're so naughty, you'll not make it in this life, yara, 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 yara. Yeah. People like you, do you know where they end up? They end up being taxi drivers, they end up being whatever, cleaners, you know? Because I was just crazy, I was just rebellious, like, you know? So it was, a, it was a crazy experience, you know, but I've learned a lot from that, and um, it was, you know, part of growing up, after all, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Wow. And then, how did you know that you were, you were talented with your hands? You know, when, when, did, that, when did that come about? Uh, actually, I remember I just got in back from the mountains, you know, in Tabi in the Eastern Cape. And then I was super bored. Uh, I had a gap here that year. I was thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And then I wanted to apply for jewelry design, but I was not sure what it's all about. It's like, ooh, what am I going to do now? So, grandma- I mean, so in high school, you don't know, you didn't know that you were good with your hands. I didn't know that I was good with my hands, but I've always known that I'm a creative. That, that, that was yeah. like, that, that was like just playing out, you know? Uh, 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 at some point, I wanted to be in advertising. I remember I used to watch uh, these TV shows, you know, like the one, like uh, Generation sort of thing. And I'm like, what do these guys do to create campaigns? I didn't know what it was, you know. But I, I knew that I'm a creative, though. It's just that I didn't know what exactly within the creative industry that I wanted to do, you know. Yeah. Like I was even like think of doing fashion, but I was like, ah, maybe not fashion, you know. So I, 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 in my mind, I was trying like a lot of things, you know, until like I, I had to do like ascent design, and then that gave me like a picture of what to study, basically. Yeah. So, so yeah. And and. In in studying what you studied, I mean, how did you explore to become in Daloteko? You know, how was studying for you? How was varsity for you? You finished, right? Yeah, yeah I finished. I yeah, only finished so, uh, arts and design, though, and uh, interior. I didn't finish. So you're uh, interior designer, yeah, actually? Yeah, yeah, my profession, yes. That's that's my profession. Oh, wow. And, and, and arts and design, you know. And, uh, so I can basically make anything, you know. Yeah. Which is uh, pretty amazing with my hands and, and stuff like that. And then I went on to do like another short course, you know, like that is wood focus, you know, and product yeah. making, specializing in wood in a place called Fantech back in Cape Town. So hence the idea of making things majority out of wood. You yeah. Know, uh, that, that's where the idea came about as well. Yeah. You but know. so wood, but wood isn't your only speciality. No, no, it's not. I can work in Perspex. I can work in a, in a lot of uh, mediums, man, you know. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not limited to, to wood necessarily. Yeah. You know, I can, I can 
do a lot of things, make a lot of things. Okay? That's incredible. Yeah. Now tell me about Indalo Deco. How did that? How did Indalo come about? Indalo by Inga. <clears throat> Indalo by Inga. Uh, I'm in Cape Town. It's 2011. I am frustrated. I am broke. Why are you My, frustrated? Why are you broke? Um, I, I, I can't find a job. Uh, my, I'm under pressure. My uh, girlfriend then is pregnant. What am I going to do? Uh, now the child is born. Ooh, what am I going to do? You have a child? Yeah, I've got a son. Yeah, His yeah. name is Ndalo, actually. Oh, uh, Ndalo by Inga. You yes, created him. Yeah. I created him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I've got this child now and now I need to start making something out of myself. Uh, I'm homeless in Cape Town. I live at my girlfriend's house back then, you know. It's it's I'm a mess basically, you know. Yeah. And then uh somebody told me uh, about uh, Fentech. Then I went to go uh study there. Uh, yeah. And also like it's also an incubator after you, after you finish studying if you want to start your own business. And yeah. then I stumbled upon this idea of like uh, a shell structure that uh, that was made out of wood. I was like, oh, where they made? What is that? Um, I took it and then I I looked at it. Then I developed something out of that like that that looked more like wood, you know, yeah. like a wooden bag. I started polishing it. I started like putting some leather straps, playing around with it, and so forth and so forth. Until like I had a refined product after six months or so, and um, I remember very well. I went to the market for the first time at the old biscuit mill. Uh, when then uh, Ben Cox, you know, like he really really liked the idea of the wooden bag, so he, like really gave me a chance. And then I became one of their store members, you know, like within the old biscuit mill. So old biscuit mill would be like your uh, yeah. neighbor goods in Johannesburg, hypothetically. Yeah, and uh, from there I was making some sales. People are going crazy over my bags, but now the main problem that I was trying to, I was starting to encounter is that I was about one man show. I remember I used to make about one bag per day, so I would make about. But let let's go back for a second. So you are broke. Yes, there's a kid on the way. How does the idea inceptualize? How does it? Can you describe that moment for me? Oof, it was a depressing moment, eh? Like, uh, I remember I used to... Why were you broke? I mean, were you working for someone at the time? No, or I wasn't working. Like, uh, 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 I've, never, I've, never had it, I've never had it in me to... To, to, to have a to job. Work, to have a job. You know, it has yeah. just never been me. Because uh, I remember when I used to work, you know, as an interior designer, I would ask uh, my creative director, but wait a minute, why is it like that and not like this? You yeah. know, like, no, but... That's the, that's the the um, the common trade and whatever he, he will tell me about all sort of funny things like that. I'm like, no, but yeah, you can't tell me that. Be, be innovative, you know what I mean? Like, you can see that this is this is this doesn't work. But so I was that kind of a person, like who's challenging. But why not that way? Why this yeah. way and so forth and so forth. So I, I don't think I've be, I've, I'm a, I'm an employable type, you know, like from same know, here. I, I can't. I don't employed. think I can't handle structure. I, I can't. Don't tell me about. Things and the numbers are long. In 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 the end, in and uncomfortable. It just doesn't work. You know what I mean? I don't. I can't work in a fixed structure. That this is how it is. You must do this. You must deliver A, B, and C. 
you know, and, and that way you don't even have a creative say or much say. There's no, there's no room to explore. There's no nothing. room to discover. There's no room for opinion. Absolutely it is what it is. It is how it goes. That's it. You know, yeah. so I, I, I'm that kind of a guy. So that's why I was like, you know what, fuck this work thing. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to try the way things are. And luckily my uh, ex-girlfriend then was very supportive. Uh, she's like, no, don't worry about the baby. We're gonna be fine. Just keep pushing. Just keep going. You know, whatever, whatever. And I'm in mind. I'm living at a house that time already. You know, you're uh, living at her house. Yeah, house. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, in Cape yeah. Town. You know, I was in Kalisha for a minute. I've never lived in the township before, and now I find myself in the township. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But at least it was one of those, you know, decent areas and so forth. You know, so I'd wake up from there every morning, go to work, catch a train in Cape Town, and 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 it was it was hectic. And then. Now I was stuck with the name, you know, what what name can I give these bags? Because I've created something. It's very close to my heart. It's working. People love it. Uh, I was like, Ooh, what am I going to name it? Then I said, this bag, this company is going to be called, this brand actually is going to be called Indalo by Inga. Yeah. So that it motivates me to work even harder so that it reminds me of my son whom I have to feed. Yeah. And, and then now, tell me now the transition from, you know, it, most people don't get it like so the, tra- the transition from you being broke being beat up and now b- producing these bags and now money starting starts to come in people start hearing about the bag you're now famous tell me talk me through the growth of of this brand uh, to be honest there was not uh, at first there was not much growth because i thought that every money being made in the business is my money i was living like hand to mouth you know yeah that's what i was doing so I'll get, uh, I remember with a friend of mine, Caesar, we'll make, uh, we'll go sell at the old biscuit mill. We'll make about, uh, 4,000 rands per day. Yeah. You, the food is here. I'm listening. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make like 4,000 rands per day. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, Caesar, let's go out, man. You know. So as long as my rent is covered and everything else is covered, I, I wouldn't care about the rest, you know? Yeah. Until like about, uh, a year and a half later, I realized that actually I'm not running a business yet. I'm running what we refer to as a talk show. Yeah. You can't leave hand to mouth as a business. You know, otherwise. So, how did you get out of that? I think for me personally, as an entrepreneur, I think that's been my challenge with my brand. Sorry, guys, we, we still eating. <laughs> that's been my challenge with my brand is because last year, that's what I actually made. That's why I launched the three of the year because I was like, I'm tired of living hand to mouth and I'm tired <laughs> of depending on brands. For my company to function I need to build properties And structures in place mm. So that the company Can run itself So you know How did you transition From running it From hand to mouth And building This successful business mm. But you see uh, Just uh, to add on What you're saying You know what the problem is First things first With leaving hand to, the, the, the root of the cause Of you having to live with uh, Sort of leave uh, Hand to mouth Is because First things first It's a struggle Because you don't have An investment like to, uh, to, 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 uh, to sort of like, um, create a cash flow for your, for your business. Now, if you have an investment of say about, uh, 20,000, 20,000 rands just floating, that's enough cash flow, meaning that you can afford to draw a salary, even if it's piece by bit, whatever that comes in, it creates part of the cash flow. So meaning that you don't take what's coming in because you already have a cash flow. So now the struggle is that I didn't have an investor. Now I'm thinking, if I sell 30 bags, hypothetically, now from those 30 bags, I need to pay rent, I need to go out, I need to survive, I need to dress myself, I need to do all those things, all those things. But now I don't withdraw it as a salary. I, if I feel like going out for dinner, 
I just take from the business and go out for dinner. If I feel like buying clothes, I take from the business and go buy clothes. So now that's the worst mistake that, that happens. Now, in terms of getting out of that is one way how I got out is um, to find an investor so that uh, they put in some money so that there is money in the business that pays my salary and whatever comes in is used like as a cash flow to keep the business yeah. going basically yeah. so that I don't have to use the the business card or anything like that whatever comes in it stays there I just have my fixed salary if I blow that I blow it I don't have money you know what I mean like like any employee for that matter you know so wow. that's, that's how it worked with me hectic and so now so you how did so now in finding an investor, you know, what did you do to find investors? Did you go to government? Did you go to someone private? So take, talk me through that. How did you find an investor? And was it successful in finding an investor? Quite frankly, I didn't find an investor. It was more like the investor found me. Well, I had a lot of investors, you know, an interest. It was just a matter of choosing really which one really works for me and preference really, you know. So in my case, I was lucky because I didn't, I didn't have to look for an investor. You know, uh, they found me and they're like, hey, we're interested in your product. And I just had to choose, like, uh, I don't think I like, you know, yeah. now I maybe I'll and, go with and, that and, one. And, and, and what played, how did you know which one was the right one? So what checklist, because our young entrepreneurs might be sitting there looking for investors and they don't know, you know, what is the checklist to find the right investor. So for you, what was that checklist to find the right investor? Well, the checklist was be, uh, pretty simple. I looked at, the share, the shareholding split. Very first things first, like as to what is it that they want within the stake of my business, and versus uh, versus how much they putting in. Um, what else did I look for? Oh yeah, and also like my salary. So those are the kind of things that I looked at. You know what I mean? And because the last thing you need is create. Yeah, come across as desperate because you will make wrong decisions. You know, if yeah. if an investor comes to you and say, "I am putting down a million here, I want seventy uh, percent shares," the, the reality is that's what happened to me. You don't have a million. <laughs> that's what now happened to thinking, me. Oh, that's what happened to me and hence why I bought my company back is that because I was young and naive and because I needed money at the time and I didn't know what my options were is that I ended up signing into a contract where. You know, I gave 70% away of my company and now I had to spend millions buying it back. Mm. And it's crazy, you know, and I think this is so critical for guys to understand that guys, when choosing an investor, don't come from a place of desperate. Mm. Um, I made that mistake and I don't want you making the same mistake. Mm-hmm. And like, just like Inga saying is that, Look at that. How much do they want? And most of the time, especially as young black people, we don't know the power of what we have until we've sold it away. Mm-hmm. You know? True that. True that. I completely agree with you. Because uh, imagine this. So you're thinking that I work so hard, but I don't make a uh, a lot of money. Like I still don't have like a, a nice car, decent place to live, whatever the case, whatever your needs are, hypothetically. And someone comes um, and sees potential in your business with with a very good value. I say to you, hey, I'm putting down five million. Chances are we haven't even had the figure five million come. Someone saying that I've got it exactly right now. for you. It's like oh my god, like your problems will end. By the end of this week already, I just want 70% shares of this business. I want uh, 80%. Because investors are very unreasonable. You know what I mean? Like, they can throw figures like that. Yeah. They're desperate. Give me they 10 million, you. I'll take 90% of your company. You know, and I'll give you a salary. Now, the trick about that is that you'll end up working 
for that investor. Exactly. You'll be an employee with an incentive. That's what happened business. to me. I, I, I owned only 25% of the threaded man and it felt like I was working for the investor. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm building all this value. I'm the guy who's out there on TV, on the campaigns. Mm-hmm. My salary was actually, do you know how much my salary was when I had an how investor? Was? How much was it? was 6K a month. But the company was bringing, you Jeans, know, man. a substantial amount of money. You know? What can it possibly do with 6,000 rands? Dude, I couldn't even pay half my you rent. You can't even pay their rent. So hence why, you know, I was like, no, I can't do this. And I, I moved into buying my, you know, mm-hmm. my, my business partners out. Okay, okay. That's, yeah. that's nice, man. Like, investors, it's crazy. So now you've got the investors. Yeah. How has the, the, the journey with the investors been? And do you still own 100% or your company or how much? How did that work out for you? Well, I still have the partners, the investors. You know, um, I still own the majority of the of the business still, you know, luckily. Uh, you know, like having partners, you know, like uh, there's disputes, there's whatever. It's like a, a relationship, you know, that you have. Like in other relationship, you go through up and downs and yes. so forth, you know. But I will not dwell much on that. But uh, quite frankly, I'd, I'd like to, to to own my own company, like... As a whole. As a whole, of which yeah. I will, you know. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, there's no one who can understand your brand more than you do. Exactly. You know, and your vision when when you first created it actually from scratch. You know, there's one thing about money. Money cannot buy one's cre- uh, creativity. Yeah, it no, I put it to say, money can't buy talent. It can't, absolutely not. Money can hire talent, but it can't buy it. It, it can't buy it, absolutely not. You know, not. and, you know, like and, and that's what I've learned. And I think that's what I've told people. That's what, I mean, I've had so many people that have used me, so many people that have lied to me, so many people that have let me down, so many people that have not believed in my company and my dream. And there's one thing that I stand here today that I'm so sure of, and I'm like, you know what? This was a dream and talent that was given to me. There's nothing that no one can take it away. Money can't take it away. You know, no one can take it away from me. It, I am the founder of the Thread Man. I am the guy that had this vision, and no one can take that away. And I know how to make that vision a reality, and no one can take that away from me. And I think it's taken me a long time to get to that point, to be confident, to say, "Yo, you know, no one can take this away from me. This is this is engraved in my DNA." Mm, mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I and I think, and I think that's why I get pissed when like people don't want to pay for the services that we provide because I'm like, but. A lot of it's not just having talent, but you work so hard at it every single day, and you know some people just take that for granted, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't realize, you know, what goes into creating a product like this. Do you add on what you're saying? Basically, uh, uh, I think in South Africa we're still not at the. It's starting to to rise, but we're still not at the point whereby arts, you know, and design is taken serious, seriously. I think we're still undervalued. I think people still view us, you know, as just creatives. And not the create well the business minded creatives. I like to consider myself as a business minded creative because I'm an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand how to. Put and you run a successful business. Plan. And you run a successful business. Exactly. I understand uh, what makes sense in numbers. You know, I understand how to do proposals. You know, I, I've done all sorts of things like that, and therefore I cannot yeah. be, I cannot be labeled as some artist. You know, like how. How how people with money will just view you as just an artist, and they think that they're the the business behind or the success behind your success. Yeah, yeah, you know, so things like that, you know. It, but it comes with, uh, with with lessons, you know. You pay your school fees. I'll yeah. pay mine. Well, school fee does school fees doesn't end in entrepreneurship. I'm still paying school fees. Yeah, but then can I ask then also, 
you know, is that you also strike me as a guy who runs a successful business, but you're not flashy. You're always very simple. Where does your respect for money come from? You know, because you are low-key a blesser. You could be if you wanted to, but you're oh, not. Come on. You're not. You're very humble. You know, you're always very well put together, very proud of your culture. And that's something I very much admire about you. And I want to talk me through that. You know, why? You I mean, you live in Johannesburg. And there's a lot of things that happen in Joburg, but you are never astray. You know, you are not driving a fancy car, whatever, and you run, and you're quite a successful young man. So, you know, what keeps you focused and what has kept that discipline and that respect? Yeah, well, for me, it's just, it's also remembering, you know, like where I come from. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, like how hard I've worked, you know, I don't want to lose that. Uh, I'm more like a person who, who wants the, who wants to keep the money in. And in rather invested in other. Uh, you want to build wealth. Yeah, in, in my other business ventures, there's absolutely no way like I'll take my money and go at this point rather, and go buy a, a Lamborghini, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. That's just ridiculous, you know. Yeah. I'll rather. And just by money. the way, he can afford it, guys. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. I, I'm just a guy like who who likes you know uh, investing like into 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 new things you know like I've got a, a another big project coming. Yeah, we've probably. got a project coming. Yeah, we've got a project coming as yeah. well. You know, uh, and these projects will be probably probably more successful than Indalo itself. You know, like you may never know. I'm a, I'm a very positive-minded person. I always. And you're an innovator. Best. You want to yeah. drive and move forward. Your next project must be better than the first. You know, must make more. Money than the first project You know what I mean yeah. like, That's how you keep going basically So I, yeah. I'm a strong believer Yeah So just diving more into your business For those that are that are listening in So Indalo What does it actually do I mean people know it for bags And since spending a lot of time with you And speaking to you Do so many other things So Indalo Deco You know as a business What does it do Basically Indalo Deco is Not a bags manufacturing company Like everybody perceives it to be Rather, it's a uh, what to refer to as an industrial design studio. Industrial so, design studio, studio slash yeah. agency. Sl- slash agency, yes, you can yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Basically, we design concepts. Um, what concepts? So, give me an example of different concepts that you guys would do. Um, let's say, oh, let's say, Glenfida, hypothetically, they'll come to us and say, we want to attract like a younger crowd. Yeah. Uh, between the ages of uh, 22 to uh, to 29 Because we currently have like an older market And therefore we've got a product coming up uh, That's going to be uh, for the younger crowd For instance, they'll say we've got a 12 year old It's The price point is like A, B and C It's 450, whatever the case is And therefore, we would like to have a, a packaging f- For this brand that would appeal to the youth Yeah Right? Now, what I'll do then is then I'll conceptualize, draw everything up, sketch it, put on the computer, CAD drawings, whatever, present to Klenfidech. And from them approving that, I then now have to build the actual thing. Yeah. After designing it on CAD, build it as a prototype and then show it to them and present to them and say, hey, this is what I've come up with. Now, upon that, then they'll, they'll, they'll make their mind, they'll, they'll make up their minds and say, okay, great. 
would like you to change A, B, and C in this uh, uh, in this design. Or maybe yeah. not change anything at all. We like it. It's perfect. Let's go with it. We want a uh, thousand of those. We want five hundred of those. You know. So that's that's basically what we do. We we it's it's, it's we we bring concepts to life that don't exist only in clients' minds. Oh wow! You know. So that's basically what. We do. So even so, you guys can do anything from interior. Well, there's nothing you guys can't do. There's nothing we absolutely cannot do. We do everything literally. Oh wow! So, what has been your best project so far? Like the most exciting ones that people might have seen but don't know it's you. Mm, I tech in Cape Town. Yes. When I designed um, our laptops uh, for the C, sorry for the executives, you know, like I think it was pretty awesome. So I designed like laptop holders that are mounted onto the wall, but in the form of my bags, whereby like you can just take your laptop. And just chuck inside the bag And then it's got like pet lockers And wow. then you can just lock And it's got numbers From 1 to 35 You know like that's pretty amazing So everybody who goes there Like their top CEOs You know that they have meetings with And so forth They get in there and like Whoa this is this is brilliant You know like that's This is huge <laughs> Featured in magazines and, and it created like a lot of leads for us as well Which is pretty amazing And that was in a collaboration with Uh DNN Architects down in Cape Town. They're one of the biggest... Architects. DNA Architects, yes. Uh, yeah, in Cape Town, they're one of the biggest uh, architects. I mean, they built, they designed Greenpoint Stadium. They did like a lot of things, you know. So even the collaboration with them to come up with something like that, it was also like on its own, you know, like really, really overwhelming. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Amazing I also think um, on our side as well, um, also tell me more about you've built this company... Now it's up and running. Now it's working. People don't understand the structures you have to even invest in running this kind of business. Can you talk us through the structures? I mean, you tell me you have insane machines. You have all this insane equipment. Talk us through more of that. You know, now you had this idea. Now you have this company. What made you be like, okay, I need to buy a machine. I need to buy this. I need to buy that. And was that process easy? Uh, that was one of the hardest processes, actually. I remember very well. So... The machines that you, as an industrial design studio, you have like your laser machines, your CNC machines. It's it's number one very expensive, and uh, they're they're, they're a basic necessity because you're able yeah. to produce prototypes. If you have a a three D printer and all the kind of, those kind of things, they make like the job much more easier. Um, so setting that that up, it was it was it was the hardest thing, you know. Like I remember that was that has always been my dream, to have like a a a uh, studio that's got like all the in the workshop that's got like all those machines, you know. Yeah. I remember when I was in Cape Town, I used to outsource my at least a good ninety percent of the job, and I used to be one day I'll have these machines because I'll travel so far, like to go to uh, a, a factory that's got like a CNC, for instance. And now they'll cut my things wrong and because these guys are not designers, they are just manufacturers of things, you know, like they'll cut like table legs, you know, like, but they wouldn't follow the brief properly. So I used to get so frustrated. I used to think to myself, someday I'll own these machines and I'll do magic, you know. And once the machine gets there, you get so many ideas running through your mind that you don't even know where to begin. So I was really overwhelmed, you know. The first time I got the machines, and until I started like putting all listed all my ideas as to what I want to design, because I remember I used to like 
just sit there like the whole day and think like, what am I going to do? But at the end of the day, I would leave without designing anything because I've got too many ideas running through my head because these machines are like magic. They're like gods of, you know, like industrial design sort of thing. You need to be focused like as to what you're trying to achieve out of them in order for them to produce what you want them to produce. Yeah. Because they are like really made... Well, basically what you... What I would spend making uh, in, in a week, the machine will cut it out in in just five hours. Wow. You know? Yeah. And then my job will be just assembling yes. that piece. Almost know? like you're building a puzzle together. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I'll just throw it up on the computer and then from there, like, uh, send it to cut like, on, onto the machine and then it, it just cuts and then... It's, yeah. They're just amazing Yeah You also sound like A very passionate entrepreneur You know And you're passionate about Being African Being black And consuming the space And making a good use of the space And for black people to grow In South Africa What do you think is Disenabling entrepreneurs You know In terms of the South African Entrepreneurial or business field What is it that is you know, not allowing us entrepreneurs to flourish as much as we would in New York or in Japan. And how, you know, how can the business fraternity in South Africa be better in terms of supplying or providing resources for entrepreneurs? Well, you see, that's a very broad question, but there's like a lot of things that are really... Uh, what do you, what do you, what, ma- what, what makes you angry? What gets to you? What do you hate about being a businessman in South Africa? So let, uh, let's, 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 let's be honest. Let's be open. Be, yeah. To be frank with you, uh, I think the problem starts with the politicians. Uh, I, I think they are hindering the, 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 and slowing down the transformation process. Because I'll make an example. Uh, if, there is a deal that's happening at uh, whatever department of education or whatever yeah. the case or whatever whatever the case is. They won't take a person who is skilled and talented for such a project. They will take like just a clown, just because they know somebody within the department and they're politically affiliated. So Siapele is the minister of so and so. I have a son who is running this company. So now there's a deal. I bring him in instead of exactly. Looking at Inga. You take some Neanderthal. Sport bread from wherever the fuck they come <laughs> yeah, from. <not> yeah, and <laughs> to come do something. The chances are they're not going to be able to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to deliver, number one. And secondly, there's a new trend right now, like called the uh, BE partnership. I find that concept very flawed. It doesn't move the country forward, it doesn't benefit the country in any way or form for that matter. Yeah. Because it will only benefit one person. Now, you take like a, a, a company that's been uh, 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 previous, previously privileged That's been turning over like millions You pay it up apparently With a company that's black owned But guess what happens The company that's black owned Doesn't employ not every single person It's only the individual that's going to, uh, to benefit It's the person that's politically affiliated They are just being used as be issues Now wow. th- 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 Those concepts are not moving us forward As entrepreneurs I mean, I could relate to a certain extent as well. I think one of the things that hurt me the most um, was the fact that I had applied for government for funding. I had knocked on every door, DTI, NYDA, 
all these agencies and they've never responded. It's the applications have never been successful. And now that I'm a successful entrepreneur, it's so, it, I'm so quick to be claimed by the government. Oh, I was a young, successful man, threaded man. Mm. And, and you experienced it when we were 40 under 30 yeah, 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 and we yeah, were yeah, sitting yeah. with Minister Lindu Zulu and Dubutimana Mel and we we're yeah. saying the thing that it's not that we are not proud of this country or come from this country. We think this country is incredible and we've gotten in, in you know, in opportunities to be successful, but the hardships we had to get, go through and the challenges that we had to go through were quite unfair, especially in the country we live in, whereby us as job creators and future leaders of this country, we need more resources or more help from government to reach out. Absolutely. And a lot of things are out of reach. I, I, I hear every single day that there's billions and billions of rands to fund young entrepreneurs. But where is it? Have you seen So we, we hear all the time. Maybe is that a place where I hear that almost every about. day. There's billions here. And, and it makes me sad. I'm like, but a guy like me, how even now that I'm in a good position, my company is successful. I can't even tell you where to get the funding. I don't know where it is. It's not even accessible to me. Can someone tell us where this money is? I still don't know where this money is. Really, I don't know. Uh look at the DTI hypothetically. They preach. Uh, uh, we we advocate for a black industrialists. Uh, I think I'm one of the biggest black industrialists in this country. Yeah. Where is this so money am I. that they're talking about? Yeah, you're yeah. a black industrialist. And, and also, and also things money? like for me, it's even simple things like, you know, now that we're running these big companies, just to be invited by, by you know, the DTI, the NYDA to be like, hey guys, we see you running businesses, you're employing people. You know, where are you struggling? How can we help? What resources do you need? How, you know, where do we go for those kind of things? We're mm. always told to go to the private sector or whatever, whatever. But it's so crazy that we don't have enough companies or government supporting us, you know? Yeah, and I hear every day, yeah. I hear it all the time the circles that I'm in, like, yeah, you must go to this conference, this billionaire is sitting on a panel. But then you're like, but how do we get invited to these things? How exactly. do we get access to these things? Exactly. You know? As we speak, there is an entrepreneurship week or whatever summit happening. I don't know. Did you know about it? No. Are you not an entrepreneur? I am an entrepreneur. Uh, I am. And all the entrepreneurs that I know haven't been there. Yeah. But now I'm just trying to wonder, where are these entrepreneurs from, the ones that are there? Because yeah. at least a good... 90% of the entrepreneurs And I mean I also have don't, a, don't know And also it. I mean What also pisses me off And gets to me Is the fact that like We have billionaires And people who have money In South Africa You know we have here Patrice Muzepe We got your Sarah Maposas We got all these guys That have money That we admire You know they've built Their companies or whatever But then Why are they not mentoring Us young black entrepreneurs you know, and, you know, in America, what I love about it, a Bill Gates will go and fund a Facebook, a young Mark Zuckerberg and yep. say, I believe in your dream. Uh -huh. You know, uh, 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 and a Ortega will go and invest a young entrepreneur and be like, I believe in this concept of Zara or this business or whatever. But here, a Patrice Mutsepe doesn't want to, not that he doesn't want to, but how, you know, why isn't that, you know, for example, I, the people that invested in my business were white people. You know, yeah, and yeah. I wish it was a black person because I would understand not just the idea, but the history of the idea, who I am, where I'm from, mm. my story, and we could relate to a certain extent. Mm. But I had to go to a white person to invest in my company and then had to buy them out and it cost me millions in the process. Yeah. Whereby I'm like, why couldn't a Puti Mahanyele or a or Patrice someone. Murder? And, and yeah. these people own, you know, capital. Conglomerate. They conglomerates. Conglomerates and they own capital funding firms. Mm. And I remember emailing, um, Puti Mahanyele's company being like, I have this idea. Please can you stop a meeting? Emailing them five times for every single week for like four weeks. I remember emailing um, Patrice's company as well and emailing all these people's companies and none of them respond. And then when they see us at functions, it's like, hey, we I, remember you. I, rem I remember you. And you're like, yeah, of course, because you failed to fed to me. Deliver. To deliver. Now it's like, yeah, we should be friends and whatnot. Mm. Or 
you know, they'll see you and be like, oh, you should have told us to fund your business. And you're like, but I did. You never responded. So it's things like that that sometimes just make me sad about this country is that there's so many young people who have brilliant ideas. You know, if you're in the Eastern Cape and you are in the rural Eastern Cape in Ngaleni and you have a beautiful business idea, who funds you? Oh, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, who funds you? You know, how, how do we problem. make opportunities accessible to young black people? Mm. And I think that's where this country needs to head is that I'm at a point where black <coughs> entrepreneurs need to be helped. Yeah, black entrepreneurs need to build. Black people need to stop going after white people and being like, yeah, please put me on your platform. Oh, Vogue magazine doesn't feature enough black people. Oh, Ban Ban doesn't feature enough black people. As black people, we need to build our own platform. Yeah, definitely. But for us to be able to build our own platforms, our government needs to wake up and help us in doing that. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, our entrepreneurial leaders, even us, when we, you know, are in a position financially where we have hundreds of millions of dollars, when we are able to support young black entrepreneurs, I think it's our job to, to reach out and see who we can find, who we can fund. And I'm, I'm excited that, like, you know, your Bonangs or your AKAs are starting these scholarship funds. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good initiative. I think it's a, it's, it's a great initiative. It's and no, we need no more initiative. people to stand together to educate, mm. to, to fund, to help, to mentor. Mm. You know, mm. um, I, a lot I think of young. Another biggest problem that we have at the moment is, yeah, uh, another thing that's slowing down the progress is to, to add on what you're saying, is the black elite. They just refuse to participate, you know, in. Uh, uh, in in in, in uh, entrepreneurship development for 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 younger entrepreneurs, it's like if you drive a Ferrari and you're a billionaire or a multi-millionaire, you wanna be that alone, mm. because if you didn't want to, you'd start like some sort of um, a foundation or that assists black people. Sorry, black. Yeah, uh, the first thing we think about when we have money is not to build the wealth. You know what I mean? Like to 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 to, to pull each other up, you know. But you wanna move alone, you know. Like that's the concept with. You know the, the 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 black elite at the moment. You know, like which which I really condemn that uh, yeah. mindset and the thinking. It's it's flawed. It's not gonna work for uh, the way forward of this country and where we headed this country as young people. Yeah. We cannot have that same logic. We need to change it. it must go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do away with that. We need to be able to say, okay, great. I've made so much money. Teach others what to know. Not yeah. to say give them money necessarily, but teach them what you know. Yeah, you know, like that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's really important. Um, in wrapping up, Inga, thank you so much for for coming to the show. Um, what are your last words to young people who are listening on the show? You know, who are inspired by what you're saying and want to follow in your shoes. What what words can you li- leave with them? Uh, I would say to them, stay true to yourself. Be positive all the time. Teach your brain never to recognize negative. Because whether you think negative or not, you're still going to be negative. But whereas, if you think positive, you might, you're most likely to succeed. So you don't lose anything by thinking positive at all, at all possible times. Yeah. Don't get excited. Be harsh about your things. Focus on your craft and whatever you're doing. Don't let money excite you. Don't let investors fool you. Don't do that. Don't, don't let investors bring out like the fact that you're desperate. You know, like be 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 good at what you do. Have an open mind. Seek for advice if it needs to be. Don't side. Don't get into contracts. You don't know what they mean. Yeah. You know, because that's also very important. Read if you can't read the things. Ask for someone like you know for legal assistance. You know, like uh, even if you can't afford a lawyer, but take it to someone who who, who can read yeah. fine print. Yeah. Before you can sign and then move forward. I mean, we've seen that happening. Like you mentioned earlier on with you. Uh, something similar almost happened to me, and 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 you know things like that, you know. But yeah, just be 
be woke. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and my parting ways and as well is I'll say based on your words is don't let them fool you. Trust in your journey, believe in your journey, carry out your journey, be confident in your journey. Mm-hmm. And anyone who wants to buy into your journey, make sure you charge them a fucking lot. Shit. And don't give away your ideas because as a lot of young black creatives, especially artists and musicians, you know, we build, we create, we create such incredible music, incredible art, and we never actually own it. And I think for me, the challenge I have for you is own your work. If you don't own your work, fight to own your work. Yeah. I'm Sia Beile. Thank you so much for joining us on the Thread Exchange. Um, I was here with Inganda, Inga, um, from Ndalo Deco. Thank you so much, Inga. I'm very excited about our collection that we're working oh, on. And yeah, please guys, don't be afraid to tweet us. Don't be afraid to WhatsApp us. Um, up until next time, I will check you guys on the flip side. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with C.M.B. Live on Cliffcentral.com.